Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am excited that you are here and we are going to get going right uh, right out of the gate. Uh, today's podcast is uh, called Reborn Again. Uh, Reborn Again. Uh, I love the title and I hope you will love the content that uh, caused me to name it such. Hey, but before I do, real quick, go to recoveryguy.org. Uh, we need to create some more activity, need more downloads. Uh, Pablo said uh, the other day that we're doing great. Our, uh, we're, we're increasing how long people are staying. Our uh, uh, people finding us on Google is increased by 40%, and that's great, and that's wonderful, uh, but we need more. Uh, we need to reach more people so Google ranks us higher so more people in search of recovery can find us. And that's what this whole thing is about. So please join me uh, in this. If nothing else, go to recoveryguide.org, download the blog, share it to your Facebook page, do whatever you have to do. Let's get the word out. Let's help as many people as we possibly can while the time to help is still available to us. You know and I know that uh, most of us die from the addiction and the behavior that we were part of um, in our using uh, days and our behavioral, our destructive behavioral ways. Um, and we were so glad that there was a lifeline for us. Uh, let's make sure there's a lifeline for other people, especially in this time of uh, uh, coronavirus when everyone's apple cart is turned upside down. 43 million people are out of work. Over 120 million people are affected in their homes with lower income and no income at all. Addiction has increased. Uh, abuse has increased. Let's unite more together than ever before to be available for these individuals. You know, I'm a big social media guy, uh, and and I saw a few weeks ago a, um, a Facebook post, and the meme stated, how far do you live from the place where you were born? You would think that's a simple question, right? How far do you live from the place you were born? Well, if you know much about me, you know, there's no real easy answer to things. You know, if you tell me, if you ask me what time it is, I, I just might tell you how to build a watch. Uh, and that's just how my crazy brain works. Um, if a little bit is good, then more is great. Um, so even though I knew what they were asking, because it was a map, it was geography, um, the first answer that came to mind, and this was really true, the first answer that came to mind was, which time? So how far do you live from the place you were born? And my response and my recovered mind said, which time? 
And I and I know that might sound a little odd, uh, and maybe it is, right? Uh, we're not all sane up there, and I say we because, you know, I'm not sure of who's in charge of the committee, right? Um, but it made perfect sense to me, and, and maybe it does to you. Most often, I view things through my recovery lens. I really do. Um, recovery over the decades has become such an integral part of my living that I have fun. Um, I have a great time in life, and I and I try not to take myself too seriously. I take my recovery very seriously, but I try not to take myself too seriously. So I'm I'm usually the guy at the lampshade, even without alcohol or drugs. I got the lampshade on my head. I'm the life of the party. When it comes to the karaoke, I'm the first one out there. When it comes to the barbecue and setting things up, that's what I do because I, I just enjoy living. Don't you? Just having such a zest for life and enjoying and wanting to draw other people into that enjoyment as well. But this particular meme really got me thinking about regeneration, about reinventing and even resurrecting myself. Again, regeneration, reinventing, and resurrecting. You know, prior to and early in recovery, of, of all the places I had lived, I, I had to experience a, a type of rebirth. Do you know what I mean? I had to experience a type of rebirth. I could never be the same person, first of all, because I, I didn't know who I was and was not really quite sure of what the location or the people there would expect of me. Have, have you ever felt that way? I lived that way. Many of us lived that way. Not only did we feel that way, it was really like stamped into the DNA of our sickness. We live in a space where we wanted to be someone else, doing something else from somewhere else. We were never happy with who we were, what we were doing, and for that matter, where we were doing it at. I was never satisfied. I couldn't afford to be. The pain of who I was could be so overwhelming that self-medicating seemed to be the most effective response. I often would tell myself the truth and admit the pain and the harm I was causing. But, but facing the reality of the moment meant coming to the reality of who I thought I was. Now, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous states that we don't regret the past, nor do we wish to shut the door on it. So, Taking this advice, I, I look at the moment in time when I said, I can't do this anymore. 
I was literally, literally sick and tired of being sick and tired. Now, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I make no apologies. I'm like a walking cliche. Do you know why certain phrases become cliches? Have you ever thought about it? person told me some 30-some years ago that they're cliches because they work. If they didn't work or didn't have relevance, they would have been forgotten a long time ago. Once again, I look at the moment in time when I said, I can't do this anymore. I was literally sick and tired of being sick and tired. And for me, that came February 9th of 1986 as I stood in the mirror of my mom and dad's bathroom. I went there for another night and I knew I couldn't stay and I was drunk and lost my job and life just sucked. Um, my second marriage was falling apart, very similar than my first marriage, although my first marriage lasted longer. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea how I was, how long I was married to Kathy, <laughs> and that's kind of a running joke. I remembered where I lived, right? But I didn't know to my sadness and despair and degree of my addiction. I had no idea. To this day, I don't know how long I was married to her. Could have been a year, could have been three years, could have been four years. I don't have a clue. Uh, but one thing I knew that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired and I looked in the mirror and realized that if something didn't change, I was going to die. At that moment, I was reborn for the last time. Everything moving forward was part of the final rebirth. Think about that for a moment. See what that does for you or does with you or see if you can agree to that in, in respect to your personal recovery, your personal decision. One of the most remarkable things about recovery is that my or our last drink or drug could literally, and for me it has been for over 34 years, could literally be our last drink or drug. I tell people that in treatment and in prison and in other places that I go and share this message of hope. Did you ever think about it that way? Your last drink or drug could literally be your last drink or drug. And I love the idea of that. It, it gives a sense of, of forever while staying one day at a time. And I come across people all the time and talk about time and quality and quantity and all those types of things. And, and everyone's always quick to remind me it's one day at a time. You know what? I know it. I, I've lived one day at a time through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the other 12-step programs for over 34 years. I, I get it. I know it's one day at a time. However, we can look forward to the rest of our life one day at a time. So I think it is perfectly fine to say my last drink is my last drink. And, and if it's today, then it literally is true. But it also can be for the rest of our life. And I love that about recovery, about having something to look forward to. But I digress. 
Consider the life of a newborn child and liken our growth to that. Do you ever consider about a newborn child? Newborn children really are so reliant on the adult in the room, someone else who not only has gone through what they're going through, but knows how to guide them through what they're going through. Very interesting. They need to be fed. They need to be changed. They need to learn how to lay down, to rest, to be held. All of those things. If they're not feeling good, to to bring them aid. Right? All of those things. Just as a newborn child, that's why it is so important to, to know that we need other people. It's one of the reasons we become the same to others as others were to us because the cycle cannot be broken. Again, I love the first tradition of Alcoholics Anonymous and other 12-step groups. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. I was a child. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get sober. I didn't know how to live this life. But as an unborn child would need care, you and the people that I met along the way, Scott, Steve, Buddy, Jack, Richard, Will, Eddie, the whole group of them, you know, outside of Jack passing away, everyone else is still alive and sober and doing it with more time than me. I was the baby of the group, as many of you know. So I'm going to list out some things that um, we ought to consider when considering how far we live from where we are born, right? So, and just so you know, I live in Salt Lake City, and I was born in Highland Park, Michigan, in, in, in a Detroit Osteopathy Hospital that has since been torn down, but uh, I'm not even sure of how many miles it is, but I was born in Detroit, and I live in Salt Lake. So there you go. There's your geography information. Here's here's number one, and these can be in any order. As always, I'll I'll put them in the notes, and you can download them and edit them and reorder them or make a paper airplane out of it. You know, do whatever you want. Um, I just hope in some way it helps you uh, as I share my thoughts. Um, so number one, never forget the day. We decided not to die. Do you get that? Do you get that? Because we always want to know. We always want to remember the despair. Not, not as a two by four that makes us feel difficult, but it's really for two reasons. Number one, again, we don't regret the past, nor do we wish to shut the door on it. As my friend Pete the Greek said, that we need to do a perfect step one where we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our life had become unmanageable. Go back to that place. Remember that place. Know that place. That's not why we stay sober. But if we ever needed a reminder, it's there. That's number one. Almost more importantly, it's for that newcomer. You know, one of the most important things to me when I got there was how the men and the women could relate. 
if I sat and talked to Mona or Mary or Trish or Doris, any of the women who were sober, who were there when I got there, any of the men who I would sit down with and spend hours with of trying to dissect this thing I was going through, they and I had a point of relation and that was what it was like to come from where I was at. So never forget the day that we decided not to die. Number two, relive the hope we felt for the very first time. Do you remember that feeling? And I don't know where it was for you. I know where it was for me. I remember I was sitting in a meeting and I and I looked around the room and I saw everyone there for the same reason I was there. And yet the majority of them, certainly the people that I was attracted to, they had transcended. They were they were through the pain, they were through the despair, they were they were through the wondering. They knew that they could do this. They knew that following the plan of recovery, they would be well and even recovered. And I remember feeling that hope. And then I would later learn what John Maxwell said, as I've said before, if there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. You want a little power? Enjoy your hope. Number three. Always rely on the foundation of the rebirth. The foundation of the rebirth is where we came from. Where we came from, again, it's, it's baked in the cake of our recovery. It's cemented in the footings of the foundation of our recovered life that is built upon that foundation. Always rely on the foundation. Every structure of any strength whatsoever relies on the foundation of which it is built to keep it steady, to keep it from crashing, to keep it whole, right? Number four, be resolved to visit the past solely for helping others. This is very important. Again, we don't regret the past, nor do we wish to shut the door on it. My past is not a two-by-four that I get to occasionally pull out and beat the crap out of me to remind me of what a, what a bad person I was, right? I was not a bad person. I did many bad things that, I, that I've had to ask forgiveness for, some of which I'm still not over even though I know I've been forgiven. But that's another story. I don't allow it to get in the way of my recovery, my recovered life, my joy, but it's it'll always be there, and 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 that's okay. Um, it's one of those things that some damage you just can't undo. You can work through it and work over it and work around it and work in spite of it, but it's always going to be there. It's going to be like a birthmark, you know. I can heal from the wound of being cut or being shot, but there's always that 
that bullet hole. There's always that scrape. There's always that scar. That's a reminder that some damage was done. We can still lead great lives, but the reminder is always, always there. And that's got to be okay. So we, we remember the past solely for helping others. And that's so important that we do that. I remember talking to a guy one day and recounting my past to them. To them, This was back in like 19, I don't know, 96, 97. So I was about, um, you know, 10 years clean and sober at the time. And, and, and I was just beginning to realize my ability to really help others. I mean, beyond, by this time I had my degree in alcohol and drug studies. I had worked in the court systems. I had worked in social model recovery. Um, I had done some things already. So I'd gotten a taste of what the helping arena was like. Um, but I remember telling a guy, I, I sat in his living room and I said, let me tell you what's going to happen. He was an addict and he wasn't sure if he was going to go into treatment and he had a wife and a little baby. And, and I said, let me, let me paint this picture for you. Obviously, I, I, I'm not a predictor. I'm not a soothsayer. I don't, I'm not a prophet. I can't see into people's lives in the future, but I have common sense. I know what this addiction does how it destroys, dismantles, and disrupts lives. And I, and I told this person, this is what your future looks like if you don't take this opportunity to go get well. Sadly, he didn't. Um, and like I said, he lost a wife. He ended up in jail. He lost his business. He even ran over his daughter while he was high, backing out of the driveway, permanently damaged one of her eyes. Obviously, who saw that coming? But now she calls someone else daddy. I told him all these things just based on my experience. Sadly, I wasn't able to help him as much as I know. He may be clean and sober to this day. I haven't heard from him. Number five. Be open to hear of where others were born, right? Where did they come from? Where were they born? What is their story? How did they get that resurrection, that regeneration, that, uh, that reinventing? What's their story like? Learn from it. Glean from it. Take aspects of it. What did they learn along the way? Can I adopt that into my life? Just like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, you know? They were all sort of lost together trying to find their way. But whether it was the scarecrow, the tin man, or the lion, they all had a story to share. Even the wizard, it turned out, um, he had gotten lost as well. And we, we need to understand that. And it helps tell our story even more so. Number six, live each day as if it is the only day while keeping an eye on tomorrow. That's a, that's a hard thing to balance, especially in the beginning. But we'll learn this along the way. And this is where working with someone, a sponsor, or someone, a confidant, a mentor, uh, who has resurrected themselves and has, has learned about this rebirth um, and, and, and followed this path, um, 
Let them teach you how to live for today while keeping an eye on tomorrow. Because we want to know that there is a tomorrow. We want to know that eventually next week will be better, next month, next year can be better, will be better. We, we don't project outcomes, but we live accordingly. If I want good things to happen to me next month, next week, and next year, I need to start planning and putting those things in place. You never seen a goal setting opportunity that didn't include things outside of it. But again, if you're a newcomer, relatively new, tread that lightly. Work with a sponsor, a confidant, a mentor. If I can help you along the way, reach out to me. Uh, Let me know what that looks like. And number seven, always be ready to share with others what has been given to you. Sharing is caring. The 12th step, right? In step 11, well, let's go back to step 10 in our in our daily maintenance, steps 10, 11, and 12. It's what my sponsor, Will, talks about clearing away the wreckage of the present so it doesn't become the wreckage of the past. So we have these maintenance steps where we, we um, uh, took our own inventory, right? Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And number 11, we're seeking through prayer and meditation to, to really grow our, our what they call our conscious contact with God. And then, and then we're looking for power to carry out um, for his will in our life. And number 12, we find out what that will is, and that will is always be ready to share with others that has been given to you. That is the great commandment. Every monotheistic religion of the world talks about sharing your faith, your spiritual experience, what happened to you along the way that took you from a person of despair who was essentially godless to a person who is filled with God, with the hope, with everything that you would need to live this incredible life. And in the 12 steps of recovery are no different. We carry the message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Sharing is caring. Always be ready to share. I even look for opportunities to share. I ask God every day, and that's what it talks about in the, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, where what we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual conditioning, and then it goes on to say where we take the vision of God's will for us, and then we just go do it. We just do it. Always be ready to share with others what has been given to you. So we never forget the day we decided not to die. We relive the hope we felt for the first time. And we can even do that throughout our recovery. I will never forget that feeling of walking through the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous at the turning point in Las Vegas, Nevada back in 1986 and knowing that I was home. When you were homeless, physically and metaphysically, spiritually, and emotionally, and mentally, going home is everything. Everything. Always rely on the foundation of the rebirth. Be resolved to visit the past solely for helping others. Be open to hear of where others were born, where they come from, right? Number six, live each day as if it was the only day while keeping an eye on tomorrow. 
Learn how to do that. And number seven, always be ready to share with others what has been given to you. Always remember that we have been given a gift. The overwhelming majority of people like you and me die. Never forget that. People like you and me who conduct ourselves the way we conducted ourselves, where we conducted ourselves, and how long we did it, die before they take advantage of this rebirth. We need to get and then remain grateful. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have been reborn again and you're willing to share that story and live the hope and the faith that lies within you because as people of recovery, we have hope, we have faith, we have a sincere commitment to change and to be changed and to remain changed and to grow in that change. And we have to share that message to others in order to fulfill our spiritual responsibility. But to be reborn again is excited as is as exciting as it gets along the way. Please go to recoveryguide.org. Please download the podcast from there. Please increase my page ranking so we can help others. Please download the blog. Share them to Facebook. Uh, Go to recovery underscore guy to find me on Instagram. The recovery guy on Facebook. Message me. Let me know what we can do in our recovery movement to make your life more vibrant, more exciting. Let's share. Let's combine our message together so each of us will become more able to help that next person. Again, go to recoveryguide.org for all of your recovery needs. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.